discovering what you truly love and creating a life around it. Welcome to Living in Your Passion Place with Luca P. She's the owner of Simply Stretch LA and Simply Essentials LA. She's an occupational and stretch therapist, the co-creator of Neck Hammock and Stretch Lab. She's an inventor, a go-getter, a motivator, the definition of a female entrepreneur. She's Lindsay Sedell, and she's living in her passion place. Before we get started today, I want to thank you. Lindsay, you're the reason I'm starting this podcast. You gave me that push and motivated me to do this while stretching me on a table at your business. So I just want to say thank you. So let's go straight into it. Uh, What's your passion place? So I find that I don't have one particular passion place. It's more a matter of where I am able to feel creative and do so in a way that I can help other people. So, you know, I feel like I found different avenues in my career and in my personal life that I've been able to do that, and they could be completely different areas of the spectrum, but I still find it very fulfilling. Hmm. So how did you get a point to, to come up to that answer? Um, you know, I, I think it's it's an interesting thing because I am a strong believer in that life comes in tides and things can kind of push you in a direction that you never knew you were going to be in. And mm. um, like you and I have kind of talked about before, you know, kind of being open to opportunities and seizing them when they come to you um, and just having an open mind just because you never, you, your your life might have a certain path that you have in your mind for it. And then you could be presented with an opportunity that takes you a totally different direction. And that might be the direction you were meant to be. And you really had no idea that that was, you know, where you were supposed to go. See, and this is so funny. So I'm thinking back to eight months ago when I moved to LA Mm -hmm. and I was applying to all these Lululemons and I almost accepted another Lululemon position. And if I would have accepted that, Mm -hmm. maybe we would have never met Mm -hmm. um, because, you know, we met at Lululemon Santa Monica. And Mm -hmm. then I started going to you as a stretch therapist because I went to that. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, we chatted and you were the like inspiration and the catalyst to help me start this. So that... (laughs) After Prime you saying example. that, that's crazy. Prime example. Yeah. So, we. What brought you to L.A.? What brought you here? Oh gosh, this this is a long story. So <laughs> let's hear it. Um, I grew up in a little tiny farm town in Pennsylvania, three hundred acre dairy farm with over three hundred cows. Um, I always tell people that my life growing up was like Charlotte's Web. Like I named every cow, every spider, every pig. Um, <laughs> You know, and other kids would be out, you know, playing with their friends, like, in in town. And I live so far away from town that I just play with animals all day. Um, But I always knew that I wanted to get out of that little town and that I wanted to get to, like, the bigger city life and see what else was out there. So I went to college at Penn State, which was, like, two and a half hours from where I grew up. And although it is a smaller city, it's a huge city compared to where I'm from. Um, And then— 
in my junior year at Penn State, I studied abroad in Australia. So Mm. the first time I had ever been on an airplane in my entire life, I flew all the way to Australia and lived there for about six months. And then once I experienced what, you know, beach living was like in Australia, I was like, forget the cold northeast weather. Um, (laughs) And I applied to graduate schools only in Florida and California. So I was like, I want to live that active, healthy, warm lifestyle uh, and not have to bundle up in sweaters and deal with snow every winter. So I applied to, you know, schools in those two states. I chose a school in Florida, and I had been in Florida for seven years and kind of always wondering what California was like. So being a therapist, I had the luxury of being able to do a traveling therapy contract. So like as a physical therapist, an occupational therapist, nurses can also do this, where you can basically join an agency and you can get placed in different facilities for three-month contracts all over the world. And so I decided that my first contract was going to be in L.A., And so I just packed up my car, put my dogs in the back, put a trailer on the back of the car, and drove cross-country because I, you know, being a therapist, had the luxury of having that as a backup safety net. And my original plan was just to stay in L.A. for three months and then go to San Francisco for three months and then San Diego for three months and then Colorado. And seven years later, I'm still in L.A. (laughs) Oh, my goodness. Okay, so how did you figure out you wanted to be a therapist? Well, so originally— I wanted to be a marine biologist. So when I was, I think, in first—no, I was in third grade, my parents took us to Florida. We went to Disney World and SeaWorld. And when I went to SeaWorld, it completely changed my life. Like, I wanted to play with dolphins all day, every day. And so for the longest time, I wanted to be a marine biologist. But in, like, seventh grade, our teachers made us write a report on whatever kind of occupation we wanted to have. Mm -hmm. And so I wrote a report on marine biology, and I realized that most marine biologists don't play with dolphins all day. They're taking samples from the ocean and scraping algae off of boats and that kind of stuff. And I was like, I don't want to do that. (laughs) That sounds so fun, though. Yeah, I didn't want to do that. And so I decided that I wanted to be an orthopedic surgeon. And so originally I was going to go to med school and become an orthopedic surgeon, but The more I thought about it, the more that I didn't think I wanted to be in school until I was in my late 30s. So my mom and I were having a conversation one day, and she was like, oh, well, you know, have you ever given any thought to doing physical therapy? So, you know, after the surgeon does the surgery, you're the one doing the rehab and getting people back on their feet. And I was like, actually, I never really thought about that. So with my mom kind of planting that seed, I kind of ran with that and ended up pursuing that all the way through. Hmm. What's your like normal day-to-day life like living in this passion place? Yeah. So now I actually am not even practicing like formal therapy anymore in the realm that I was. So I now own my own business called Simply Stretch LA where you come in as a client and you lay down on a massage table and we stretch you. We do all different types of manual therapy to help improve mobility, decrease pain, um, all that kind of stuff. So I go into work around 7 a.m. and see clients until about noon. And then I usually try to work out, eat some lunch, and then I go back to work again from like 3 or 4 o'clock until usually 7. And I do that most days of the week. Hmm. Yeah. And it's freaking awesome. Oh, my Mm -hmm. gosh. I (laughs) am a whole new person because of (laughs) Lindsay and her husband. So after your mom motivated you and, like, said you wanted to be, like, a a therapist, when she told you that and you started, like, you know, living 
this life, um, did how what did it feel like? I'm a very uh, goal oriented and motivated person. So when I make up my mind, I am 125 percent in. Um, so I think it was something that when I was trying to figure out what I wanted to do specifically, I always knew that I wanted to do something medical, something in the health system. So once I decided that I wanted to go into the therapy realm, I was full force, full steam ahead, didn't think twice. Um, And then, you know, once I got through school and started working, it was just amazing because I had been in school between college and grad school for six plus years, you know, so actually getting a paycheck was fantastic. But then it's like you achieve that goal. So now what's next, right? So I always knew I wanted to do traveling therapy. So it was like, I was trying to get as much exposure and as many realms of therapy as I could so that I could start traveling and come to California and kind of do that thing. So it was like, I always had one goal after another, after another. And then eventually you get to the point that you check them all off and you're kind of like, well, now what? You know, so I feel like that was kind of the thing that I ran into out here was that I was doing traveling therapy for so long. So I did traveling therapy out here for a few years. And a lot of there's pros and cons to traveling therapy. The pros are that you can kind of pick up and move wherever and you don't have to deal with a lot of the administrative things that happen in hospitals and clinics. Mm -hmm. But the cons are that a lot of times the places that you get put are places where they're understaffed and maybe they're not like the best facilities or they don't have the best clientele. So the the level of rewarding that those jobs were was not as much as what I was looking for. You know, I also wanted to kind of get out there and see what else was out there. So I kept comparing the jobs that I had at the time to what I had in Florida and it was just completely different. So I kind of found myself in a place where I was like, okay, well now, now what am I going to do? Hmm. Okay, Mm -hmm. so why start your own business? So when I reached that point that I was kind of like, well, well, now what? Um, Like I was making good money and and all of that, but it just, I guess it just wasn't something that I was passionate about. Like the clients that I was seeing, you know, it was just, they weren't really motivated. They didn't have great rehab potential. Uh, You know, so I just felt like I was kind of wasting my time and kind of wasting their time and just kind of going through the motions. And how long did it take you to feel that, like, while you were in this career? Was it, like, something instantly, or was it a year? Was it two? It really just started once I once I started doing traveling therapy and, and really got settled in L.A. Because the first maybe year that I was here, I was just so excited to be in L.A. and to experience different things that I just kind of dealt with it, right? Mm-hmm. But then after a few years of dealing with that, you're just like, ugh. Like, the best part of the day for me at the time was getting to the gym after work, you know? Mm-hmm. And so it was something where I got really competitive in the world of CrossFit. So I would go to work all day, and then I would— go straight to the gym and train for three hours every night after work. And uh, my undergrad degree is in kinesiology and exercise physiology and all that. So I'd always been a personal trainer. Okay. Um, So I decided that I was tired of going to work at the hospitals all the time. So I decided to pursue building a personal training clientele. And I started coaching a little bit at the gym, the CrossFit gym that I was at, and started building up things like that. Um, And then my husband at the time was doing um, more home health physical therapy. So he was going to people's homes and doing therapy. And he got approached by a client or two clients that he had about a potential business idea that those two had. And the business idea was basically a stretching studio. So the one partner was a personal trainer. The other one was, you know, a client of his. And the client's 
favorite part of the whole session of personal training was the stretching part at the end, like the five minutes. So they had this idea of creating an assisted stretching studio where that's all that you do. And, uh, and how many years ago was this? This was, I don't know, maybe four or five. Okay. Okay. And so they approached Steve because he was both of their physical therapists. And they said, hey, we have this great idea, but we need someone to help us create the stretching protocols and like kind of be the brains behind the actual stretches that we employ at the clinic. And so my husband and I kind of put our heads together and developed a stretching protocol, full body. And now that business is called Stretch Lab, which started here in Venice, California. We have a few locations here in LA and we just franchised uh, Stretch Lab to a larger company. So they're going to be opening businesses all over the world. Um, but in the midst of all of that, I maybe before you go on, that's yeah. crazy yeah. awesome. So, what was the experience of starting this like business that's now a franchise? I mean, in, it was just so incredibly exciting in the beginning because I felt like we could put all of our energy into creating something that we were proud of and that we had control of and that you know we really believed in. So it was that was probably the first time that I in a long time that I had really felt extremely passionate about something and felt like I built helped to build something that was tangible and that other people really loved. But see like when you were building it so 4 or 5 years ago I know stretching wasn't a big thing. So no. were some people telling you like what are you doing? Why are you doing this? Or was um, it like support from everybody or were people excited? You know, it's funny. I don't really feel like we really told too many people about it okay. until we opened it. Hmm. Um, it was, yeah, Steve and I and then our, our two partners. And I really don't ever recall having those discussions where we opened any kind of platform for anyone to give us any doubt. I just remember us, you know, basically putting our heads down and getting to work and launching the business. And then it was something where we had a large enough presence in the community that everyone that we knew was coming into Stretch Lab and trying it, and we had a great location um, on Rose Avenue, so there's a lot of windows, and people would just be walking by going to Cafe Gratitude or whatever, and they would just see a random leg in the air, and they'd be like, what is that? <laughs> you know. So at that point, I stopped doing traveling therapy contracts and started working at Stretch Lab nonstop, and I was also doing a lot of the community reintegration type of thing, so that's actually where I developed my relationship initially with Lululemon. Okay. So I would go to Lululemon and and talk to the people at Lulu about maybe us having a demo day and bringing some tables in and some signage and doing some free stretches in, in store, and I would go to like um, Orange Theory and, and a lot of like the fitness and health boutiques that were like-minded in the community. So that was one of the things that I was really in charge of at Stretch Lab, and I loved that because it allowed me to really network with the community and really put a face with a brand and and do a lot of that networking. So I really, really, really loved that. So, Lindsay, where did you get this work ethic? <laughs> because I, I love what you said is you just, like, put your head down and went to work. Mm -hmm. Because I know when I have started something new, I want to ask opinions of other people. I want to get mm -hmm. their input. And I know that people mm -hmm. do. Mm -hmm. And you just, like, put your head down and went for it. So mm -hmm. where did that come from? You know, it's something where I feel like my husband and I were both very similar and that we— when we get an idea, we're, again, we're 120% in. It's like we can come up with an idea on the fly, and within 10 minutes, we're, like, creating the website and getting the URL and doing our trademark checks and, and all that. And, and I think that's something that's kind of developed with time. I used to be a lot more cautious, and my husband always kind of flew by the seat of his pants a little bit. Um, so he's helped me step out of my comfort zone of, like, a secure paycheck 
and a career, you know, because I spent all this time and money going to grad school, and now I'm abandoning really like a lot of that formal uh, career place of work, right? Um, mm. And so I think he he really was the person that really helped me push myself out of my comfort zone. Because I, mm. I could see how that's hard. I mean, I'm mm-hmm. thinking about myself. I, you know, went to school four years for a business marketing degree. And as soon as I graduated, I was so determined to do something in that industry, mm-hmm. you know, and grow up the corporate ladder. Mm-hmm. Because, you know, I'm like, I, I invested all this money. Right. So do you think it, a big reason was him pushing you to do that? I mean, ultimately, what it really came down to was I was going to work at, like, hospitals all day and outpatient clinics all day. I would leave really early in the morning when he was still asleep. I would get home really late. He had been home for hours. He had come home for lunch. Like, he had a lot of flexibility, and I had just kind of had enough. And I was just like, you know what? Like, I'm tired of working my ass off, and you're making more money doing home health and kind of doing this other stuff on the side. So I was just like, you know what? Like, you've kind of inspired me because I want to do that too. You know, because the, the healthcare system, as far as when you're a healthcare practitioner nowadays, is not really what it used to be. Like, everything's kind of about productivity, and people are always understaffed and, in my opinion, underpaid. And so I just got to—I kind of reached a point where I w- was not happy in what I was doing and did not find it rewarding. So I had to take— the steps that I needed to take to make myself happy and to feel like I was doing something worth doing. Hmm. Yeah, you just like listen to your gut. Yeah, and and it was one of those things that, you know, in the world of like physical and occupational therapy, I had the ability to work per diem or there's like a, a thing called registry where basically if a facility needs help, they can always like call me the night before and be like, hey, we need some help tomorrow. Are you available? And so I had that crutch that I could lean on while I was kind of taking the leap of faith. So it wasn't a completely blind leap. It was something that I still had that as a crutch and something to fall back on if my efforts didn't work elsewhere. Um, But yeah, you just, you know, you you figure it out and you make sure that you have the things in place that you need so that you don't fall on your face and Mm. not have enough money to live. But it's always a leap and and you just got to take it. Yeah. Have you fallen on your face on your Um, journey? Well, what are, what are some things that have been, like, your biggest learnings or? Um, you know, that's a great question. I There's been so much learning on this process. Every single day, like, we're learning something new. Um, because not only have, you know, did we start Stretch Lab, but we've started several other businesses, even in e-commerce, like a product where we learned so much. And so I think that it's just a matter of, kind of changing your mindset. Like, I don't see any of it as me falling on my face. I see it as learning opportunities to not make that same mistake again. And mm. so I value it as as education, you know? So mm. it's one of those things that I think that it, it really is what you make it. And, you know, if you view it as falling on your face, you're falling on your face. But if you view it as a, oh, didn't know that before, you know, and kind of brush yourself off and move on, and then I think that that's, that's a learning opportunity. Yeah. I'm thinking of like the the quote failing forward. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I read a book by the name of that and I like I'm like, you know what, it's your failing quote unquote, but it's just it's getting you just some more better. Mm-hmm. Okay, so after you created Stretch Lab, mm-hmm. um, which is now gonna be everywhere, that's so excited, you, you know, you were like, What's next, right? So Well, not really. I mean, I was hundred and ten percent in Stretch Lab. I thought we were gonna just be opening them everywhere and then one day 
a client came in and they said to me as I was stretching them, like, hey, like, we've been waiting for something like this to open for years now. Uh, we got stretched by someone in New York City that was a fascial stretch therapist. Have you ever heard of it? And being in the therapy realm, I've taken so many different continuing education courses, or at least I've heard of most things, and I had never heard of fascial stretch therapy. So I got home later that night and kind of Googled it and found this institute in Arizona that teaches fascial stretch therapy. And so I was like, you know, maybe maybe one of us should go and check it out and just kind of see what the quote-unquote competition is doing. Mm-hmm. You know, because we just started what we thought was of basically the first assisted stretching studio, and here there's another technique out there that's existed for a while. So I registered for the Level 1 course. It's an entire week long uh, in Phoenix and just went out of pure curiosity. No intentions of doing anything really with it, and it just totally blew my mind. Um, it's a very different type of stretching than what we were doing at Stretch Lab. Each has their place. Um, but, you know, with Stretch Lab, we wanted to make it easily replicatable. We wanted it mm. to be something that could be franchised, and we could teach a lot of people how to do it and minimize injury of clientele, not making it too complicated and things like that. And with the fascial stretch therapy, it's just a lot more advanced stretches. It incorporates a lot more, like, joint mobility, uh, things like that. And so I was really heavy into the competitive CrossFit realm, um, in that part of my life. And so every day after training, I would go to the local CrossFit gym and I was just hitting lifts that I didn't even come close to before back here in California. Like I was PRing like a jerk, which is an overhead lift by 20 pounds in one day. And it was because I had just that much more mobility. So I could produce just that much more power. And in an elite sport like that, every tiny thing matters in like hitting a lift, creating more power, hitting a PR, whatever it is. Um, and so I saw a huge difference in sports performance for me. And I have I had pretty good, you know, upper body mobility to begin with. But the very first day, we focused all on upper body mobility. And that's when I really started noticing huge differences. So when I came back to LA, I was like, this is not a technique that we can really incorporate into Stretch Lab because of the business model and it's very different. Um, but I decided to create my own separate advanced stretching entity, and that's where Simply Stretch LA came into the picture. Mm. And so we focus primarily on fascial stretch therapy and then obviously also like incorporating other modalities to improve mobility as well and other manual therapy techniques. But like the basis of that business is fascial stretch therapy. Wow. So that's that's a prime example of, you know, I'm just kind of going along, doing my thing, whatever. Someone mentions something to me, I look into it, take that opportunity, and then it leads me in a totally different path than I ever thought I was going to be in. Yeah, okay. So, I mean, this is a lot of energy you're having to exert with this stretch lab, starting nothing into something great, Mm -hmm. starting your own business. So do you feel that, like, since you're doing this all in such a passion place, it's easier? Or, like, you have more energy to just, like, go out and do it? Because, I mean, you probably had long days and long hours. Oh, my God. (laughs) Yes. I, (laughs) I. It's different when you're doing it for yourself. Like, when you own your own business, you never stop working, ever. Like, when I worked in the hospitals, I would be there from 7.30 in the morning until 4 or 5, but then I was done. You know, like, there might be some instances where someone might call me on a weekend to ask me about a complicated client that they're trying to treat, but I would clock in, work my butt off all day, and then I would clock out, and that'd be it. And when you own your own business, 
you're never off the clock. You're always checking, you know, emails. You're always responding to things. You're always, you know, doing your administrative work when you're not with clientele. You're always marketing. You're always shooting content. You're always doing something. And so the work literally never stops. Like, I've never worked as hard for anything as I have in the last few years in building Simply Stretch because it's my business. I don't have any partners. I don't have any anything else like that. Whereas like wow. the stretch lab, there was a whole team of people that were, you know, that was putting things together. And Steve and I had our part of it, but there was investors and there was other people involved. But Simply Stretch has been 100% me from the get-go. Everything from, you know, finding a, a logo to creating the website to scheduling to marketing to everything. And so it's something that I love to do, but it's exhausting at the same time. But you do it because you love it. Hmm. So somebody that wants to start their business right now that's listening and, you know, becoming a business owner is a passion for them, where do you recommend them starting? Uh, Do your due diligence before anything else. Um, I think that we we live in this era um, where there's a lot of motivated people, which is fantastic, and a lot of really creative people, which is really amazing. But I think that people think it's easier to start a business than it is. It's very, very, very easy this day and age to start a business. All you have to do is create a website, maybe make sure that the name of your business is not already trademarked somewhere else, get a business license, you know, maybe create your Instagram page, and people think they have a business, right? But sustaining a business and keeping a business running and making sure that your books are in place and financials, that's where the real hard work starts. And so I didn't go to school for business or finance (laughs) or accounting or any of that stuff. I went to school to learn how to treat people and make people better and to do like hands-on skill. So for me, a huge learning curve was making sure that I knew how to do the actual business side of the business. Like I could bring in clients all day, but making sure that my business is actually running well and that I'm doing all the little things that I need to do and paying all the little fees to the government I need to pay and you know, submitting things at the right time and getting my taxes right and, and all of that is something that I still find is really challenging, you know, especially when you're doing it on your own. And and I think it's a matter of deciding how big you want your business to be and realistically how big you can really handle it being, you know, because I think a lot of people also want things to be huge. And it's just like that, you know, you're growing too big, you're investing too much money too fast. And it's like, start small, you know, keep your day job and, and, let things organically happen. Like, yes, you want to pursue like things, that. but you should never be forcing something to happen. Like, if you have to force it to happen, is it really the right thing? Hmm. So, yeah. So do you feel like everything in your life has not been forced? It's just this natural process? Well, I feel like, you know, I, I forced things to happen earlier, right? Like, during my formal education. Okay. Like, I had to— force myself to get good grades. I had to apply to college. I had to work to get into grad school, which is not easy this day and age. And so those things, I kind of had to force them along, right? But I feel like after I kind of checked off all those big markers in my life that kind of set me up for success and gave me a platform and a, and some job security, because I think that's extremely important, then I was kind of able to go with the ebbs and flows and kind of find my way. And I just, I feel like because I've been able to kind of keep my eyes open and my ears open and open to possibilities, then 
I've just kind of found myself like going downstream and like I've said before, in a path that I never thought I was going to be in. So it's never, for me, it's never been something that I've had to force in the last five years, six years. It's been something that I've ran into, has been presented to me, or I've found, and I've just kind of gone with it. Hmm. Do you see yourself like being in the stretch world, you know, the, the occupational therapist world forever? You know, that's a great question, and I really don't know the answer to that. Um, there's part of me that, you know, sees me creating Simply Stretch all over the country and doing like a Simply Stretch, you know, Vegas and a Simply Stretch Miami and whatever. And then there's a part of me that's like, do I really want to grow it that big? Do I really want to have to manage all of that? Or do I want to keep my one clinic really doing really well and be able to raise a family and, you know, kind of keep it simple? Because it's like you you run into this world where you try to make it so big that you actually end up losing more money than keeping it small. So I kind of, I'm, I'm always teeter-tottering with that. And I think that I'm just kind of doing me right now and, hmm. and seeing what happens with it because, you know, at some point my husband and I do want to have a family and I think that we're kind of reaching the point where a lot of our decisions that we're making these days is going to affect that, you know? So I, I'm kind of going with ebbs and flows right now to see what's going to happen with that. Hmm. I don't think that I'm ever going to completely abandon it. Absolutely not. Um, but, you know, my ultimate goal would be to have other therapists that, you know, I train and that are amazing working at Simply Stretch, you know, providing them careers and, you know, allowing them to really help a lot of people and have that rewarding aspect. And then me, you know, doing more of the business side of things and seeing my select clientele that I have. But I don't see myself in the clinic from seven to seven every day for the rest of my life. You know, I want to give other people the opportunity to have the rewarding experience that I have every day in working with people. But again, I'm only one person, right? So I want to give multiple people the opportunity to have a job and be able to help a lot of other people. Hmm. So on this journey, do you feel that success comes before happiness or happiness comes before success? You know, I think it's really intertwined. I I think that because even with all of the success that my husband and I have had, if you don't take it the moment to kind of stop and think about it and enjoy it, you'll no matter how successful you are, you'll never be happy. Wow. We have another product that we created. It's called the neck hammock. And uh, basically this product does basic cervical traction and subcranial release. So if you've ever been to like a massage therapist or a physical therapist, a chiropractor, and they like gently pull on your head and just kind of let it rest on their fingertips at the end, it's great to decrease tension in your neck and shoulders, help with headaches, all of that. Uh, and this product does that. And so basically right around the time that we got Stretch Lab off on its feet, we started creating neck hammocks. So amidst me also creating Simply Stretch, we were also working on this other product, which that is a whole other ball game, um, e-commerce. It's crazy. But we've been really working really hard for the last few years on this product, and we finally just licensed it. So we still own the product. It's still our company, but we basically rented it to a digital marketing agency that is now in charge of marketing, fulfilling orders, ordering product uh, and inventory and all of that. So 
now they do all the work and we just collect a little bit of a royalty, like a percentage of sales. And it's one of those things that we've been working so hard that we really had to stop and be like, okay, like this is a big deal. Like we've been working our butts off for the last few years with this end goal and we haven't even celebrated it because now we're working on the next thing. Like we're, we're never stopping. It's like, oh, well, that's done. That's done. Now we have to keep going. What's the next thing? And it's like, unless you make a conscious effort to be happy and to celebrate your victories, you're never going to be happy. Like, cause you're, you're always looking for the next big thing, you know? And, and it, yeah. And I just think about the quote, happiness is now. It you know, is. But what made you get to that point to realize that? Um, I think it was when we got our first royalty check and we still haven't gone out to dinner to celebrate. You, you know need to I mean? go this weekend. But that's the thing. <laughs> yeah. It's like there there it's like you kind of reach this point where you hit a milestone, you hit a goal, but then you don't want to jinx it. Right? So you're like, oh, we'll celebrate after this because we don't want to jinx it. Oh, we'll celebrate after the next thing because we don't want to jinx it. Like, who knows, like, if next quarter is going to be as good as this last quarter. So we don't want to jinx it. And it's just like there comes a point in time where it's like, who cares about jinxing it? Like, celebrate what just happened because this is huge. And this is something that you've worked so hard for. And yes, who knows what the future is going to bring? Like, it could completely change. But that doesn't affect, like, how, how important this one thing that you just did is. You know, so I think that that's something that I've really had an introspective moment about recently. Mm. And so I think that, you know, unless you choose happiness, you'll never find it, no matter how successful you are. Mm. Wow. <laughs> You're speaking to me, girl. <laughs> um, so what's a, a quote or some characteristics that you have lived by on this journey to your passion place and in your passion place right now? Yeah, so my favorite quote um, is opportunity plus preparation plus action Hmm. equals success. So the normal quote that people hear in that realm is missing the action piece. And I think that you can be presented with amazing opportunities. You can be really prepared, but if you don't actually take the leap and you don't actually do anything about it, you're never going to reach that goal. See, I like that. And okay, so I'm thinking back to me even just starting this podcast. Mm -hmm. I had no idea about anything, Mm -hmm. but I just did it. So Mm -hmm. on this journey, were there times like you had, like your first business, do you have any idea? Like with the neck hammock, did you have any idea? You also own Simply Essentials, Essential Oil. Did you have any idea? I had no idea what the hell I was getting myself into. I think had I known what I was getting into, I probably wouldn't have done it. (laughs) (laughs) Like, I mean, you know, I, I also have an essential oil company called Simply Essentials LA. And again, it's another product. It's another e-commerce thing. And I had no idea how to create a barcode, like, and what to do with that. Like my, you know, suppliers like, okay, you need to get us a barcode for XYZ. And I was like, how do I even do that? And so that, again, has been a huge learning experience for me. Now I know exactly where to go. I know how to create a barcode. I know how to do all that kind of stuff. But it's just like, if you look at it as a whole, creating something new is so incredibly scary and there's so many things to it that if you don't look at it piece by piece and like little task by little task, then you'll probably never start. You know, so you have to break it down into small things that you can obtain and that you can do to create that bigger end uh, end product because if you look at it in its entirety, it's just way too daunting and scary. Hmm. 
And yeah, there's going to be tons of stuff that you run into. If it's something you've never done before, there's going to be so many things you run into and you're just like, I don't even know who to ask for help with this. I don't even know what to ask them. Like, I don't even know what I need or what I want, you know? And so that was something that I dealt with a lot with like my designers, like especially for my logo. Like I had no idea what the heck I wanted. Like I had an idea in my head, but I didn't know how to verbalize that. And so it really took me going through a lot of different designers and spending a lot of money that I could have viewed as failures on these yeah. logos that I hated. And eventually I found the, you know, a woman that just, she looked at my website. She met me in person. She kind of looked at like even my house and how it's wow. decorated. She came to the clinic and looked at it and really got a good idea as to like who I was and like what my vibe was. And then she created the perfect logo for my business. But again, I'm not a designer. How am I supposed to know what I'm, what I need and what I want? So I think it's a matter of kind of finding your way and you know, if you don't even know who to ask for, you know, ask other business owners or become part of like a group of like entrepreneurs that, you know, you can reach out to and be like, hey, I need a barcode. Like, what do I even do for that? Does anyone, can anyone point me in the right direction? You know, you need mentors along the way because if you're just mm. flying blind, then it's a lot longer of a road. Mm. Yeah. So I know this journey has been difficult. Were there times that you wanted to quit and in those times, what was your motivating factor? What's your why behind all of this? I guess I just, I, since becoming my own boss, I don't think I could ever work for someone else again. Okay. Like the freedom, again, like I'm working all the time, but I have the option to, if I want to go to the dentist at 10 a.m. on a Tuesday, I can do that. If I need to go visit family, I can block off time and I can do that. It's the flexibility that I get um, being my own boss that, I really love, and also the ability to be extremely creative and to do whatever it is that I feel is going to be beneficial to my clients and my business and, you know, the community in general. Hmm. So it, it allows me to be creative and it allows my flexible schedule to be, you know, something that I can have. Yeah. So living in this passion place, what are some of the feelings that go through your body daily? Um, definitely excitement. I, okay. especially when I'm creating something new, uh, I think there's also a sense of being relaxed and like being okay with where you are, you know, and like knowing that you're doing something that's help, helping people. Um, yeah, and and it's I, I think that even sometimes when people find their passion place, again, they take it for granted, right? So it's like sometimes I have to like give myself a reality check, like okay, maybe I didn't get a good night's sleep or I've had a really long week, but like stop what you're doing and and look at look at your life right now like look at what you're getting to do like you could be doing all those things that you wanted to get out of years ago and now you're doing what you wanted to be doing but you're just going through the motions of every day and so i think it's just it's it's very easy to get caught up in that and like you have to give yourself a reality check sometimes like you made it you're here you're happy you're doing what you love to do like it's never going to be easy you know, so I think I think there's a lot of different emotions with it, and I think that when you're when you are in a point in your life that you've, you know, kind of obtained what it is that you feel you want to be doing, it's much easier to fall into that like realm of taking it for granted. But when it's new, it's exciting, and like you're excited, and 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 you know, you're just beaming from it. But it's it's not all roses and butterflies. It's it's hard work and grit too. You know. Because, like, things are easy when it's new. But when you want it to 
lasts a long time and longevity is not easy. Wow, things are easy when they're new and there's that excitement and that just freshness that, that, that motivates you. And now, how long have you had Simply Stretch LA? About three years and some change. Okay, and w- did you ever reach that point where, you know, the newness was gone and you're like... Yeah, I mean, totally, because, you know, it's a it's a hard job. Like, it's very physically demanding. You're with clients one-on-one the whole time. Um, and... It's very easy to get burnt out if you're not taking care of yourself. And so that's something that I've had to take a big step back and, you know, ensure that I'm getting the rest that I need because that's something that I feel that a lot of givers and caretakers have a hard time with is, like, taking care of themselves, right? So it's it's also a matter of finding balance. Like, with anything that you're doing, like, as far as, like, being an entrepreneur or a business owner, it's, it's, it's very easy to get burnt out because you're doing something that you love doing so much, but eventually it catches up with you and you and you have to put yourself first too. Hmm. Yeah. And I mean, think about it this way. It's like a business, like starting a business is like going on a first date, right? Like when you first start dating, you're like in completely infatuated. You can't get enough of each other. You're super excited about it. And then you get married. And marriage is amazing, but it's really hard work. And it takes a lot of hard work to make it last a long time. So I like to make that you know, assimilation is that it's just, if you want it to last, you got to work for it. So Lindsay, who inspires you in this fashion place? Or on your journey? Yeah. Um, I have a lot of people that inspire me. I think the person that's closest to me that inspires me is, is my husband. Uh, he makes me feel lazy. <laughs> uh, you know, I and I, honestly, like, we went to grad school together, and I mean, yeah, he was always a hard worker, but I was definitely a much harder, more diligent working student than he was. But it's been really amazing just seeing him take off and just create. You know, we, like I said, stretch lab, neck hammock. He has his own physical therapy clinic, um, called Preempt to Perform, and then I have Simply Stretch. But we're actually already on to the next product that we're creating. And he just, he never stops. And so it's just one of those things that, you know, if I ever have a day where I feel uninspired or I feel in a rut, I feel like all I need to do is, like, talk to him, and he, like, snaps me out of it. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, we're on to the next thing. So I think that, yeah, he's the one that inspires me the most. Wow. So for someone who wants to take that leap, like you've taken that leap, mm-hmm. um, is it worth it to live a life in your passion place? A hundred percent. A hundred percent. And it's also one of those things that you're going to do a much better job at whatever it is that you're doing if you love it. Like if you hate your job, you're just going to go in, you're going to go through the motions, you're not going to really be, you know, s- super inspired. But if it's something that you love doing— You'll you'll honestly like the quote like if you love what you do you'll never work a day in your life it's a hundred percent true. Hmm. So Lindsay, what excites you most about the future in your passion place? I think the unknown, to be honest with you, um, because I I don't see myself, you know, as this being the end all be all, and so I think that it's it's one of those things that who knows where life will lead us and who knows what other things I'll start and who knows, you know, what else we can create. And 
I think that really excites me, you know, because I like to create things. Yeah, you're an inventor. <laughs> Seriously, and you're just, this conversation is exciting and it's motivating me. And I just want to finish off by saying, Lindsay, what does passion mean to you? Passion is doing something or being involved in something that like you 100% love and that in that moment, you don't feel that you can really live without. <laughs> 